All right. Now I'm going to have Brother Tom Bakke, Reverend Tom Bakke, Pastor Tom Bakke, Minister of God Tom Bakke, come up. I'm still a little reeling from the mullet discussion last night. I want my mullet back. <laughs> I know. I, I was I was asking the Lord, do we get a you know we don't we don't have any restrictions on ministerial attire <laughs> or dress codes? Well, because we have Greg. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know Greg, he's our associate pastor. His his son is in a basketball tournament all weekend, and he's he's very sorry he couldn't be here, but he many times wears a kilt. And so we, we have to... People say, can't you do anything with him? <laughs> At least he's wearing a kilt. At least he's wearing a kilt. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> but I, I think we might have to draw the line at mullets. Cindy, what do you... Yeah, yeah, yeah please. Yeah, okay. Don't ask her. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. I love you, man. <laughs> Tom has blessed me so much over the years, getting to know him and and getting to know Cindy and, and seeing what he has done, what they have done, what all of you have done up in Grandy. It just it just warms me. Just it's amazing. We were just up a couple of uh, months ago and had dinner with you guys and went through and we're at the, the building and seeing what God's doing there and, and it's just it is so exciting. <laughs> it is. So exciting. To see what God is is in the process of doing, and and you know we talk about vision, we talk about what God's speaking to their hearts, and it's it's just it's so it's so cool to see how how he how God, how, how God has people walking together even when we don't talk all the time, right? On Who the same you? path. Who am I? I know we we joke that. Hi, I'm John Neitzel. Pleasure to meet you. Right. But God is God is so good. To have brought these gifts to this body. Mm-hmm. I thank him for it. Thanks. Let's give a warm welcome to Tom Bach. You know, before I start, there's a, I do have a word for um, Jonah and Amy. And, and it's simply this. You know, you were talking about defeat. Yeah, you know, and that's what the world thinks. But here's what he's got for you. You already got the victory. Now you just need to walk in it and know that he's got you 100% and that the victory is there. It just hasn't manifested itself. It's coming. I want you to do me one more favor. I have an individual that um, is losing his vision. He is a prophet. Um, He has been instrumental in River Valley to um, bring healing to many different people, praying for them, going, visiting them. And right now he's on his way or he is on his way to the University of Minnesota for vision problems. It's gotten worse. And I would just ask that you be in prayer with me as I lift him up right now. Father, I thank you. I know that he would be here right now. And I know that his heart, Father, is great towards you. But this is concerning to him, it's concerning to us. And we just come against that thought in the name of Jesus Christ. And we take authority that you've given over us, Father, to proclaim healing into his eyes, into his vision. You have a whole congregation here, Lord, that is standing in agreement right now. In agreement. Looking for a good report, Father, from him and from Paula, who's there with them. Father, that you are bigger than anything. And this is nothing. So we thank you for that, Father. We thank you for that. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren who accuses them before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. I bid you good morning. And welcome to River Valley Christian Church Gathering of Fellowships. I pray that none of you leave here today the same that you came here. 
There are many here that have walked this Christian walk and tried to strive under the blood of Jesus Christ their entire life. And I praise God for their testimonies and what they've done. There are some here that have come later in life and they've given their lives to Christ and made Him Lord. And I praise God for them as well. And there are some of you that have come back to the Lord Jesus Christ and made Him Lord once again. I'm one of those that James talks about that has wandered from the Lord. And 23 some years ago, the father welcomed the prodigal son back into his family. No questions asked. Well, maybe a few. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What were you thinking? I remember back in 1977 when, he, when, I, when I gave intellectual assent to him being Lord. I had the knowledge, but I never surrendered my heart to him. And we need both. We really need to do both. We need to do both in order to be walking under the blood of the Lamb. We are told by Jesus Christ himself, that we are to agape the Lord God with all our heart, all our mind, all our soul, and as Mark and Luke say, with all our strength. And oh, by the way, he gives us the strength through the Holy Spirit. The word there is agapeo. It's the verb of agape, right? Which is a noun. And for all you linguistic type people, there you go. I am not, if you've known me any length of time, you know English is not my best subject. We often use this word love in place of these Greek words. And it's come to me over the last year or so that I think that we need to take that back and we need to get back to the word agape so we can differentiate from what the world claims is love. Because they are far different, folks. They are far different. They have completely twisted the meaning But the word agape means unconditional love. It means a selfish love. And it's defined by Paul beautifully in 1 Corinthians 13. But we really need to come understand this about the word agape as well. And it's equally important. It is a kind of love that is by choice and by will. It needs no chemistry. It needs no feeling, it needs no affinity, which is really just a natural affection. This is not a normal, natural love that we call it. It is a supernatural love. It is a supernatural love. A supernatural agape. And it comes from God. This is an agape that we cannot manufacture on our own. This is an agape that is poured into us by the Holy Spirit, Paul says in Romans 8, 5, that gives us the ability to love like God to the world. Who's he giving it to? Who's he giving it to? Yeah. Who's us? He has given it to those who are seeking to overcome Him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Now we don't love this life, but we look forward to the next. Who are we overcoming, folks? The accuser of the brethren. We're overcoming Satan himself. But we cannot do this overcoming without God Himself. We cannot overcome the accuser of the brethren without the agape that He pours into us. That's the strength. The writers of this book. I love this book. I don't know about you, but I love this book. The writers of this book speak to agape as perfect 
and without fear. But we cannot overcome by the blood of the Lamb unless we have His agape. Please turn to 1 John. 1 John. Up in, uh, up in Grandy, we, uh, we participate a lot in the discussions that we have. So when somebody gets to 1 John uh, 4, when somebody gets to 1 John 3, excuse me, when you get to 1 John 3, somebody read, please, 14 through 18. Nice and loud, somebody. 1 John 3, 14 through 18. I'm sorry, Jason. John says, We agape God, but we hate our brothers, we lie. He said, If we hate anybody, the agape of God is not in us. Agapeo and agape. These are the words of love here in these verses. And again, we see this. We see the statements all through the New Testament and the Old Testament. Jesus tells the church in Ephesus in Revelations two. Do you remember? He tells them, "Look, you're doing great, wonderful things. You've tested the apostles to make sure they're true. You hate evil. You're doing all these great and wonderful things." But he says, "You're missing something. You're missing agape." And he tells them, he says, you need to get back to your first agape, which is who? It's Jesus Christ. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 13, the first three verses, he says, look, you can, you can have the faith to move mountains. You can heal anybody you want. You can give all your money away. You can help every poor person you ever see. You can do all kinds of three things that the world looks at and says, that's really cool. But if you do not have agape, it means absolutely nothing. It's nothing but dead works. So what does that have to do with the blood of the Lamb? What does that have to do with the word of our testimony? Saints? Can I, can I call you saints? It has everything to do with the blood of the Lamb. The blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of the New Covenant. We know that according to Hebrews, there is no redemption without the spilling of blood. We know that. We also know that the imperfect blood of bulls and goats and whatever you sacrifice for your particular sins, it does not have a lasting effect. It might forgive that sin, but it's not going to forgive all your sins. Why? Because it's imperfect blood. And imperfection always brings with it corruption and decay. But praise God Almighty that there was an individual called named Jesus Christ that came down to this earth. Gave up all that he had up there and he came down to become one of us. And he never sinned, Scripture says. And his blood was absolutely perfect. And because his blood was absolutely perfect, it only needed to be spilt once. And it covers all the sins of the world. It pays the debt that each and every one of us owed at one time. And it gives everybody the opportunity to walk in the perfection that he died for. 
Why is that? Because according to Genesis 9 and Leviticus 17 and Deuteronomy 12, it is in the blood that brings life. It is in the blood that brings life. And when we, when we are without Christ, when we are walking in this imperfect blood, we are subject to decay and imperfection and corruption, and we will die. But when we become born again, Brother Jonah or, or, or uh, Pastor John had said that when we become born again, right? He's part of our DNA. That perfectness, that blood is now part of our DNA. And he becomes our Lord. And I always say, thus save Savior. Because it is His blood. The sacrifice that he allowed himself to go through in his perfectness, walking in agape, which the Father pours into us via the Holy Spirit to those that are his children, that allows us to become like him. You see, agape and the blood of Jesus Christ have a direct line to each other. You can't walk in the blood of Jesus Christ if you're not walking in the agape of God. You can't walk in the agape of God and not be under the blood of Jesus Christ. You can't. It's impossible because they really are one and the same. When you look at the big picture, the blood of Jesus Christ in His perfectness is the same as the love of God, agape. They're really one and the same. They're both perfect. They come from the same source. They come from God. Jesus says in John 6, verse 53 and 54, He says, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb. Not the communion blood that we drink, and we don't think we really practice it enough, this thing called communion. with the blood of the Lamb. You see, when we, when we eat of His flesh, we're reading of His Word. He's the Word. When we drink of His blood, we're drinking His agape. We're drinking His love. And we allow ourselves to walk in the fullness of what God has for us. We become as Christ, living sacrifices that Paul tells us in Romans 12. And we don't do it for our glory. I'm really cool because I'm walking as a living sacrifice. We do it for His. We don't do it in pride. We do it in humility because our Savior did it in humility. do it out of a God an unconditional and selfless love we become as Christ <laughs> sacrificing ourselves for our friends I mean didn't Jesus say that didn't he say in John 15 he says no love is greater than this than the one who is willing to lay down their life for their friend and did he do that and didn't he tell the disciples who were just, you know, they were his disciples, you know. He said, I no longer call you servants, but I call you friends. And he died for them. And he died for us. Because he had such a great agape for everybody in this room and everybody that's out in that world. It doesn't matter who you are or where you are. He's got such a great agape for everybody in this world that even while we were still in our sins... He came and died for us. I think that's pretty cool because you know what? I couldn't do that. But he's perfect. He's perfect in his love. Overcome by the blood of the Lamb. 
Those who walk are Christ. And we walk in Christ agape for the world to our brothers and sisters who are in Christ. And we walk in agape for those who are not of Christ. Just as the Lamb of God did. Beloved, it is agape that is the lifeblood of the disciple of Jesus Christ. We are called to agape all God's children. Even God's enemies, the children of the evil one. We are to agape if we are to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. The word of the testimony. The word is logos. Is it not? Who's the logos? Jesus Christ. John 1 says that Jesus is the logos. He was there in the beginning. He's be there at the end. He created everything through Him. He came and died for us. Amen? It means in part that Jesus is the divine expression of God's agape. Jesus, the Lamb of God. Is it possible, folks, that our testimony could be and should be the divine expression of Jesus Christ in our lives? Absolutely. The word is logos. Our testimony as Christians, as disciples of Jesus Christ, should reflect the divine expression of Jesus Christ himself. We all got testimonies, right? Before I come to the Lord, I testified just how bad I could be. How disobedient I could be to the Lord, because remember, I knew Him. But now, praise God, I'm a divine expression of Jesus Christ Himself. I am not Jesus Christ, but I am becoming more and more like Him. That's my testimony. And that's your testimony. You see, we're called to be disciples. It's what everyone in this room is called to do. We're called to be disciples. Not to be just converts in this religion called Christianity. And this testimony for each one of us in this room right now, right now, right this second, this day, is not a static thing. This testimony in each side of every one of us is growing. It's growing from the inside as it changes you. It's testifying to the world of who you are in Christ. But it's an open book. Interesting verse in Revelations 20.12. It says that the books will be open, books will be open for both the great and the small. And we'll all be judged by what's written in those books. That's how it works. So our testimony, the word of the testimony, is always going. Our testimony is not about the past, necessarily. It's about what you're going to allow them to do in the future. And then fulfill it. It's not static. It's not a done deal. It should be growing larger each and every day. And here's the question I think we need to ask ourselves. Is it a testimony based on the blood of Jesus Christ? Is it the divine expression of what Jesus did for us? Or is it a testimony of dead works? That's a tough saying. 
They overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the divine expression of Jesus in their testimony. As we grow and our testimony grows, we should be exhibiting more and more that divine expression of Jesus Christ. And it really is the foundation of Gopi that matters the most to disciples. As I said before, you can't walk in a Gopi and not be under the blood of Jesus Christ. And you can't walk under the blood of Jesus Christ unless you're walking in agape. They go hand in hand. We are told by Paul that our life is not our own. That Jesus is inside of us via the Holy Spirit giving us an even greater testimony. I want to see Jonah, I want to see somebody raised from the dead. I'm telling you, I pray for people to be raised from the dead. And one of these days, he's going to hear my cry. He say, there's my boy. Okay. But more importantly, I want to be the divine expression of Jesus Christ. In agape. God in our lives. God through our lives. And we do this by our own choice and our own wills. Well, what do you mean? I willingly give up my will to find out what His is and to walk in that will. Because I want to be transformed into a mullet wearing Jesus. No. I want to be transformed into Jesus Himself. Paul paints a wonderful picture of this in 2 Corinthians. If you go there real quick, I don't know if I'm going to let you wait to get there. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 and 18. Actually, why don't somebody read that? When you get to 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 and 18, it's a wonderful expression of what we just talked about. I love these two verses. Don't be afraid, anybody. 2 Corinthians 3. Isn't that cool? I think it's the greatest thing in the world that, you know, our testimony is allowing us to be transformed into the very glories of Jesus Christ Himself. From glory to glory, from sin to sin, from mistake to mistake, we are being transformed. (laughs) You don't know me 20 years ago. You did. (laughs) Praise God, that's right. And Cindy's kind of saying the same thing. Our testimony as the divine expression of Jesus Christ himself should be ever increasingly obvious to the world out there. That we are the very image of this man we say we call Lord. Paul tells us that we have the mind of Christ. We need to tap into that mind. I don't know about you, but I'm not a very smart guy. But I have the mind of Christ, and as far as I know, He knows it all. He knows it all. Which, by the way, then makes me pretty smart. We are called To agape the Lord God with everything we have. Because in the long run, that's the divine expression that we can use to love our Father. With everything we have. With everything we've got. With everything we are. Agape. The living waters. It's just sitting inside of us. Percolating in there. 
And we can let that flow out as living waters and we can speak life into people that need to hear something other than death that the world brings to it. People need to see that we are disciples of Jesus Christ, not just proclaimers talking the talk, but not really walking the walk. People need to see that we are Jesus Christ walking the walk, but we're doing it in secret and we're not telling anybody. And what good is our testimony if we don't tell somebody? Beloved, we are called to make disciples. And we need to be willing to preach to them. We need to be willing to make disciples. We need to be willing to baptize them. We don't need pastors to baptize people that we lead to Christ if we're lucky enough to do that. We as disciples can do that. We don't need to have Pastor John and the apostles and the prophets and the teachers and the evangelists and everybody that's supposed to be equipping us for the ministries. We don't need to have them always teaching people about what Jesus taught and they need to be obedient to that. That's the job of a disciple, making disciples. And that is where River Valley Christian Church in his service is headed for this year. I love you, Jason. Thank you. This guy right here, he has come so far. And my heart just lifts up every time I see him. Grandy is headed for a year of learning what it means to be a disciple. Because it's in learning of becoming what a disciple that will naturally know how to make disciples. It is the year that as we learn to become more and more like Christ, his disciples, that divine expression of Jesus Christ in our lives will become more and more obvious to a world out there that needs it. I don't know if you notice, but the world's not getting any lighter. And here's the thing I think we've got to understand. If we can walk in the divine expression of God, our testimony... Right? That light through the St. Croix Valley, 100 miles either way, to every town, is going to draw people to the light. At River Valley Christian Church, we call those people that are going to dedicate themselves this year to becoming disciples, we call them lappers. And if you want to know what that means, you got to go to Judges 7. Not right now, but you get time, you go to Judges 7, you read 1 through 8, and you'll know what a lapper is. Because I was told to cut it short, and it ain't going to happen. I'm kidding. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. And they did not love their lives to the death. Agape heal. They did not agape heal their lives to the death. Because they walked in the blood of the Lamb. And walking in the blood of the Lamb, they have life. Given to them by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that's living in each side of us inside of each of us that claim Jesus as Lord. And it is those who overcome the evil one by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony, it is those that do not love this world. Because it increasingly means nothing to us. Those that are overcoming the evil one by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony increasingly are willing to give up their lives for the sake of His righteousness. We really should strive to be like Paul. 
to be a living testimony to others, to make disciples. Listen to them. You'll do me a favor, just close your eyes. Don't fall asleep. And I want you to listen to the words. They're laughing, some of the people that go to River Valley, because most of them do when I ask them to do this. Ken, I love you too, man. Listen to Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1-7. through Just listen to it. This is Paul's writing. It's the end of his life. He says, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort, and with all longsuffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itchy ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, River Valley Christian Church, be watchful in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, and I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. Are you willing to have your life poured out as a drink offering to God Himself? To become partakers of the perfect blood of Jesus Christ, living inside of each and one of us, transforming each and every one of us into the very image of Him. In agape, to a lost and dying world. In agape that can change a stubborn, long-haired, chain-smoking, Norwegian drunk, mullet-wearing, and turn him into a disciple of Jesus Christ who wants nothing more than to speak life into people. Because I have life. I have his agape inside of me. And it's just bursting the good out there. And I'm willing to give up my life, bless you, in order to gain eternal life. But even more important than that, It's a willingness that in the losing of my life to fulfill my calling. And that is something that has eternal implications. To make other disciples bent on doing the same thing. Baptizing them in the name of Jesus. And teaching them to obey the teachings of Christ. For my glory? Yeah. Uh Uh-uh. You see, these are the ones that were overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of the testimony, and they did not love their lives even to death. As I close, I am early. Saints, I used the word here just last night and all week apparently, and, and this morning, the word has been spoken. And the time really is now. It, it really is time for, for those that want to overcome by the blood of the Lamb to stand up and walk out their testimonies. To become disciples. To be prepared always. To always looking for opportunity to speak life into people. To always be prepared. To be ready for the move of God that is about to come. A move that I, I don't know about you, but I feel it in my bones. It's a move of God that I don't think we've ever seen before. I think it's a move of God that will usher in worldwide the coming back of our Lord. 
And God himself is starting to shift people. Those that call Jesus Lord, they're starting to shift them. Sift them, actually, is the word. I told you I was a linguist. Seeing who is willing to follow him. We at River Valley Christian Church, we do call them lappers. Again, if you don't know what it is, look at Judges 7. You'll find out and make sense to you. If I may, I want those from River Valley Christian Church and Granny to stand up, please. River Valley, I want you to look at these people here. That's your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's, this is your family. These people here and over there, they're, they're what we call lappers. These are the ones that are dedicating this whole year to be ready. To be prepared for what God is going to have them to do. Because if we're not prepared, if we're not willing, we're going to miss it. Are you willing, as I close, to overcome the evil one by the blood of Jesus Christ? Are you willing to let the divine expression of your testimony of what Christ has done in your life to shine forth to a world that desperately needs it? Are you willing to forego this life even unto death? I got to tell you, I'm pleased with everyone there. I can't say pride because they never let me live it down. Proud, actually. But I'm well pleased with them. Pray with me. Father, I pray that in the sounds of my voice that you've allowed me to preach here today, that everybody would come to an understanding the most important thing in their life is you. Everything else is secondary. That even though we walk, just walk sometimes and bumble and stumble and fall down and get back up, you always pat us on the back and say, come on, walk in my agape. Because you're covered by the blood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew 25, 1 through 13. Sit down. It says, At the time of the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both of us and you. Both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy them. Buy some for themselves, for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Questions. Are your lamps filled? These are for me, too. Are you full of the Holy Spirit? Are you continually, daily, hourly, every minute asking help to be filled? And if you are spilling it out, and if you are, are you spilling it out in the world? 
What are you doing to help your sphere of influence get their oil before it's too late, before the doors are closed? The Great Commission says, go and make disciples. Do you remember the woman who shared her oil with Elijah? She had very little, but it didn't run out. Now is the time to share your oil. The time is now, because every time we bring someone to the cross, we are raising someone from the dead. Remember yesterday, she's the first. <laughs> and you also are perfect. Why the Lord your God have made you thusly filled with my spirit? Called to prepare a people of God in your area and beyond, in the sphere of influence. And so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty. But the word I have given unto you and yours shall accomplish what I, the Lord your God, desire. I have called and I have equipped. And you are mine because you are among the walking dead. For my life will flow through the ones dead to their flesh, as you are. And this day, we loose God's anointing upon you. And within you, as we lay hands upon you, the gift of God within, be stirred up. The fire of the Holy Ghost, the wind of the Spirit. Blow upon the fire within. And as you speak, fire will go forth and burn the chaff that remains in some of those I've sent unto you. And they as you be cleansed and holy. And walk in the newness. There it is. (laughs) And walk, and walk in 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 the newness, and the newness of life. You have received previously, and even now. Newness, newness of life. And you war with the word. And you shall declare a thing and it shall happen. Declare and decree what you desire and what you want to happen. And speak it out and use the word of God to war. And be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Lord, pour your strength into them. Store, pour it all into them. So that they can in all ways stand. Hallelujah. 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 We pray.
totally. Ooh. That they be equipped totally. Yes. Nothing missing, nothing broken, completely and totally above yes. all situations and circumstances in you and in your word. For your word is a rock. And as we stand on your word, everything else may sink away. But we will stand. And I see you as uh, as God has sent you to the area where you are in. Even other members of the body of Christ have spoken against you. But you have overcome. Because you blessed them. For have I not said, bless those who persecute you? Pray for those who despitefully use you? Yeah, and many have spoken, oh, you shall fail. But it shall not be so because you've obeyed me. And they have seen the breakthrough (laughs) of my church in the area. Have I not spoken to you, I shall build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, and the waggling tongues shall be brought low (laughs) by me, as you pray for them. This is my true agape. This is the expression of my blood. This is the expression of my word coming forth from your mouth. For though, no, 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 this, you shall never fail. <laughs> because you walk in love, and your congregation walks in love. And they shall know we are Christians, little Christs, <laughs> by our love. <laughs> Oh, glory. And my anointing upon and within you shall increase. And my anointing upon and within you shall increase. And the fire that I placed within your bosom shall become hotter and hotter and hotter. And your hand shall burn, and when you touch things, people shall be set free. Thank you, Father. Because you follow me. Not caring what people think compared to what I think. Or you are not a man pleaser, but a God pleaser. The two of you are not man pleasers, but God pleasers. Not caring what other people say. But walking in a new and a different way. My agape love. Hallelujah. 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 Man of God. Sick him. Go get him. Go, go, go get him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I uh, I believe God said the two of you should lay hands on them, as we lay hands on you, as we, Claudia, lay hands on Cindy. That's it. Fire more, more, more fire. More, more fire, more, more. Do not pray when hands are laid, for you cannot speak and receive. There it is, now you're receiving. At the same time, more fire, more fire, more fire, more, more, and more, and more, and more. And more. And more. Uh, get him, Jesus. Filled with your fire. Stir up the gift. Yeah, right there. 
right there, right there, right there. Stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up, stir it up. Ha <laughs> ha. More. <laughs> to give more. Hallelujah. To many more. Thank you, Father. More and more. And more and more. And more. And more. Yeah. <laughs> oh my. The joy of the Lord is your strength. <laughs> Hey, he's not done with you yet. <laughs> oh, oh, how young are you? 82. 82? 82 years young. He said to me, I'm not done with him yet. <laughs> Aren't you glad? <laughs> 82 years young. And faithful. Huh? Standing on the word. Hallelujah. I, I got a word here to share. Yeah. Give it. Uh, you know, I always wondered why Jesus never spoke about the uh, year of Jubilee. And then one day I come upon uh, Luke 4. And this is what he said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you. Yeah, amen. Because he has anointed you. Anointed me. You're in with the anointing. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent you to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives. And recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. That's now. That's today. This is the year of Jubilee, folks. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, yeah, got to get them all. Lay hands on all of them. God, that's not a bad deal, you know. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. More and more. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. My daughter, healed by my blood. I say healed by my blood. My precious blood and made whole. Yeah, he's made you worthy. I said he has made you worthy. It's not what you or I do, it's what he does through us. Made worthy. Made worthy. For more. And more. More fire, Pastor Tom. More fire. Boy, more fire. You know what fire does? It'll melt the coldest snow or heart. You get a hot enough fire, it'll even melt snow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. 
more. He has. God bless you right back. More. Thank the Lord. Glory to God. Did everybody get prayed for? Did anybody not get prayed for? Anybody not get prayed for? All right. Praise the Lord.